Welcome to the Cold Snack Convo. We've moved sites for tonight's episode. I've got along, I should say, across the table from me. Not to the left, because my usual co-host is out tonight, but I got someone special to fill in for him. Someone that I felt like would be the closest thing to Cody outside of blood. Okay, I'm talking about that off-brand Michael Waddell. That, that highly functioning Forrest Gump, okay? The the guy with the Tennessee hat that's always voting, or bass fishing. I don't know his name, but damn, he's a good time. I introduce you guys to Mr. Alex Gamble. Alex, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, man. I'm so excited to be here right now. I'm I, jacked up. I love hearing that. I love hearing that. I'm excited. I'm zoned in. Hey, raw and good. That's how I would like it. So, man, like I introduced you, you know, we've we've hung out a few times, mm-hmm. but really the only th- experience I have in our conversation is centered around, you know, fishing and hunting. That's right. So I wanted to bring you in. I know fishing season's, you know, right around the corner. People are getting geared up that aren't really the hardcore fishermen. It's like, y'all ain't been fishing out there in the middle of January. <laughs> You ain't there freezing your ass off, then yep. you ain't a fisherman. You ain't grinding. What are you doing? That's right. You ain't grinding. You ain't got them spinners turning? No. Yeah. I'll wait till March, <laughs> and that's when I do it, when it's nice. That's right. Because deer season's right then. Yeah. So. You got to get out there and chase them when you can chase them. That's right, man. Well, I, I just kind of wanted to, you know, talk about the upcoming fishing season. like hunting. You know, I'm trying to get more in the outdoors, you know, things that cost me a little less mm-hmm. money than my usual activities and yeah, hobbies. That's right. But uh, just trying to get a, a feed on that and uh, see what all that's about. So I'm going to pick your brain a little bit. You know, what's some of your favorite spots that you like to go around here? And, you know, we were talking before the cast, you know, as far as just dropping knowledge on different stuff. And mm-hmm. basically, guys, he was dropping all these you got to get that rooster tail, that unsnaggable <laughs> bay. I'm like, buddy, you're talking Spanish to me. Okay, right. I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, so most of my time around here is spent, I would say, on the Coosa River mm-hmm. or the Warrior River out near Adger, Alabama. Okay. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not in the position where I have a bass boat, but I know a lot of people that fish. That's and right. Being where I've worked, I've got a lot of stuff that, you know, most people that just fair weather fishermen wouldn't have, and so I've been really lucky with that. Okay. But most of my time is spent Lay Lake, Warrior River, Lock 17, areas like that. Okay, okay. Um. So just as far, what's your favorite type of fish to fish for, man? It's probably it's got to be largemouth bass. They yeah. on brand right here. Well, I'm a catfish man myself. Well, it, it kind of depends. Yeah. I mean, you know – you hear a lot of people that just like to bass fish. Right. They like to get out there, beat the banks, right. catch some fish. They usually wear Hollister and got bangs out there. That's, yeah, right. that's, that's right. That's right. They're okay. going to drive a Triton oh, you uh, know 18 it. foot it, with some And they got a the 2500 that their daddy paid for. Go that's ahead. Right. That's right. Okay. <laughs> but um, honestly, if I had a school of fish to go after, uh-huh. the Alabama Coosa chain spotted bass. Oh. Because not as big, right. but, but feisty. That's real, right. real feisty. A two-pound spot fights twice as hard as a four-pound largemouth. Hey, that's all I've ever heard. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they wild. I mean, they they get fired up, and it's it's a lot of fun. Whenever you get into, I mean, they school up, they chase, and largemouth yeah. do that too. Some, but most of the time, you get into some spots. I mean, you you hook into one, and it's like, oh, it, you know, it's you can tell by right. the fight, it's it's a spotted bass. Right. But, so, what are you usually running on? When you're going after them, where what kind of bait are you running? Um, it depends. And what kind of habitat? Let's do a little co. Well, I'm so what knowledge I do have about it. That's what I'm asking you for. Exactly. Um, you know, you can catch spotted bass are kind of notorious for biting stuff that you really wouldn't expect, like a normal fish to bite. Right. Um, kind of crazy color stuff, real erratic, shiny, off color stuff. Okay. Um, you know the best. The best bait that I've ever used for catching spotted bass has been a shaky head. Pretty much a, a trick worm. Hey, when I'm out there hunting, that's why I'm looking for just an old shaky Good head. Good old shaky head. That's right. That's where you go. Um, but shaky heads, um, spinner baits, real flashy stuff like that, uh-huh. crazy off colors, bright oranges, bright pink, bright chartreuse or right. yellow with some, no, just a vibrant yellow. Okay. So, and, and a lot of rock. A lot of rock, I would say, you can you can catch spots other places, but they love current around mm-hmm. dams and stuff like that. And you know, somebody that knows a lot about spots, like man, he's not even touching the surface. But it's a it's a can of worms whenever you get into talking about fishing in general. Hey, but, and if you guys have better information on fishing, go ahead and uh, tag us up on Instagram at that cold snack convos. 
With an S. With an S. And just let us know about that. And also, you know, rate and review this episode. If you think Alex ain't shit and doesn't know a damn thing, go ahead and say that. Drop that star note and let him know. That's right. That's but, right. Uh, yeah, let's. so it kind of gave us a recap of fishing season coming up for us not hardcores. Because I already know where that's going to go. You're going to be like, you guys, hey, there ain't no season for fishing. All right? hey, if you ain't there, hey, if you ain't there 365, I don't know what the hell you're doing. You're not real. Well, some of us got a damn job, Jethro. <laughs> okay, we can't be out there on the trot. But uh, I, there's one thing I do know is that you're you're hunt. Oh yeah, you out there, you know, banging around and and then woods and right. late winter and early fall and just figuring it out with them old white tail ghosts out there in the woods. Yeah, so smoky ghosts. Yeah, so I was gonna give you a little or get a little update from you on how your hunting season was. So this year for the white tail, they mm-hmm. they are safe. There was not a lot of damage done to the okay. population. You can get one. Didn't get one this year. Um, mainly, I was real choosy early season whenever we like to do our doe management um, mm-hmm. just to keep pressure because the rut comes so late where we right. hunt. Um, I really tried to lay off of the pressure because okay. the past couple of years we had a lot of deer taken. Um, never really was in that right spot to kill a doe that wasn't with a fawn or anything like that. Right. Because if, if they're carrying youngins or have youngins, I don't, I don't shoot them because right. that gives them their best chance of survival for your right. population. Um, did some damage on the hogs, but whitetail are safe this year. That's right. You got to take down them old big uglies down there in the yeah. woods. So I'll we appreciate that, man. Well, yeah, I actually saw a picture of that hog, and it was funny. My co-host, we were actually eating <laughs> at a Mexican joint, and he showed me the picture of the one you killed. He said, you see how far back Alex stands on that pig? <laughs> he makes that pig look like Godzilla hey, out there. That was so unintentional because I that, that picture is of a video. It's a right. screenshot of a video. And okay. I, I took the video. Video and I stepped behind it and I was like, okay, I, you know, I want to get in the picture, but you know, right. I'm kind of like ducking and moving back and forth trying right. to figure out how to get in the picture. And I realized I took about two steps too far. That's right. And I had people calling and messaging me and be like, I don't know where the hell that hog came from, but you better keep that joker down there with you. Right. We don't want him up here. That's a monster. Yeah, they're like, that nigga werewolf that you shot needs to stay where he come from. We don't want nothing to do with oh, it. Oh, man. That's what, that's what Cody said. He was like, man, I think he just stepped like 15 <laughs> yards behind that hog. And that's why it looks like big as a damn now, natural gas tank. It was a big hog. I mean, it was 300 plus, but it wasn't no four or five hundred like the picture right. looked like and I didn't realize until after I posted I was like these people right. these people gonna think I'm every deer I've ever shot they're gonna be like that joker's probably a 20 inch eight point that he done walk 15 yards behind right. make him look like a daggum elk or that's something that's right so uh, speaking of you know just hunting what would be if you had to pick one hunt and unlimited you know wherever you could go mm. it was free what would you do um if I was going to pay for a hunt. I'm saying it's free. It's, so you, it's free if I, if I go anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. It would be a strong tie between the Midwest and Iowa, where it's probably southern Iowa, okay. where they just got those just crop field, just smoky ghosts, just monster deer walking right. everywhere. And probably Texas. Okay. Because Texas... The body of the deer is not as big, but their numbers are awesome. Right. And, you know, some of the management deer they shoot are like deer of a lifetime for somebody from Alabama. Yeah. And you can go on a Texas hunt and shoot a management deer. Right. And you're like, oh, this is a nine point, but it's it's a monster. Right. Like, this is a deer of a lifetime. And then you turn around and shoot your trophy, and you're like, this don't even look like a free-ranging right. deer. We just know? got that eight-point, a little slot basket. And right, I mean, yeah. that's a, They're like, don't shoot that. Yeah, they're like, don't oh, shoot that up there. Th- this is a really good 140-inch eight-point that's a good management deer to get out of the way. And I'm like, I would I would fight somebody to shoot that deer right. in Alabama, you know? Right. Well, yeah, man. So, you know, we were talking earlier, and, you know, you kind of alluded to the whole, I like to, you know, I was caught up early on when I was a young man, you know, figuring out how to survive out here in these woods, you know, mm-hmm. unconventional food sources and things like that. And I brought, I was like, what would you do if you fell out of a tree stand and you broke, say you broke a leg, couldn't mm-hmm. get out there, your phone's all jacked up. How would you uh, get to some something to eat? And uh, I believe you said I'd probably eat some bugs or something. Yeah, yeah. It would, I mean, that would be your... Your go-to. You'd have to get the easy, easy 
piece on the food chain mm-hmm. and whatever's available, whatever right. you can grab that don't put up a fight. Right. Well, uh, what a coincidence because we just so happened to have in my travels this weekend uh, <laughs> these flavored crickets <laughs> for you guys. Oh and, you know, gosh. we're going to test this theory and see how uh, Mr. Alex is – you know, how he would fare. Give him a little dry run. Now, your legs aren't broken, but right. you eat a little flavored in, crickets in theory, tonight. Yeah. Just, both of them are. True. Well, One of them is technical. Sometimes you ball too hard, you know what I mean? They didn't want it. They weren't ready for me that day. You really you really boxed out that 14-year-old girl. She, you had what, her, she got what she had coming to her. I can you tell you her, that. But to be a good sport, I'm going to do one with you. So, I mean, I've had just enough whiskey. That's going to be just fine. <laughs> Let's go and get mine out there. I'm going to let you dip out yours. All right. That little, that little cricket, little crustacean. You think it's better to go the bigger route? Like, are they, if they they have less flavor, if they're bigger? It depends on if you're a sissy or not. If you're a sissy? That's right. Maybe I should go. That's a dealer's choice. Are you going to go oh, two? I'm, I'm doubling it up. Oh, I'm doubling he's committed, it up. ladies and gentlemen. That's it, right there. So we're going to we're gonna go in on these. Cheers. Cheers. Right there. And. Let's do this first reaction, cricket tasting. On mud bug. Mm. So, first reaction, not a lot of flavor. Mm-mm. None. Very stale. Very stale. Um, it's almost like chewing up a uh, a sunflower sea hole. Yeah, I would say so. It's like... If you had a flavorless pork rind. That's right. A flavorless pork rind that had just a touch of cheddar cheese on it from where you spilled that uh, microwavable mac and cheese on it. Yeah. That's and what I, it is. I mean, I'm not getting a hint of bacon, so they're damn lying over Man, here at Crickets. You, you need your right? money back. It's horseshit. All 24 cents of it. Another one of them in there? No. That's done. But, uh, yeah. If I had to, I could make it work. Jesus Christ, that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> that aftertaste is a little... It's a little. Oh, it'll hang around with you. Yeah, it's it'll, like it'll I want it. To, I want it to stop. I want. I want this treatment to stop. I would not won't. tell Morgan that you ate a cricket mm-hmm. in case you want some sugar after yeah. the show. Yeah, I'm gonna have to garble my mouth with like, right. some some kerosene because it or will stick with you. I'm, on, yeah. I'm. Now you were telling me, you know, that if you eat a live one, mm-hmm. that they'll they'll. About 90% of the time, you'll have a tapeworm in there. And you know what? That's starting to give me ideas oh, when it yeah. comes to this whole weight loss challenge because hey, I could definitely deal with old tapeworm. Pain and gain. That's, That's that right. old school weight loss plan. That's right. That's right. Eat you a couple of crickets off the back porch out of your yard and I think you might win you some use some cash this time. I mean, that's $500. Year. Hey. Hey, I'm, I'm just saying. I got real low energy, guys. I'm about to fall <laughs> the hell out, but I'm winning this $500. I may be di- dead in five months, but hey, we're killing it. I look 500, great. 500. Hey, when June comes, be like, damn, Zach's got a six pack. Where'd that come from? <laughs> it's like, eating them crickets, boy. That's yeah. my diet. He, he done run up on the Baywatch on the cricket diet. <laughs> That's the best way to find it. But uh, yeah, man. So we're going to go on and uh, talk about, you know, the reason why I brought you in, uh, like I said in your intro, man, closest thing I got to Cody, other than his actual brother, but you know. Right. I don't know if that's Shout a, out, DJ, but I also. I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult. Uh, <laughs> hey, you're a good guy, and I figured we you're also been one of our biggest fans since we got this thing started. And you like, hey, like we've been saying, if you got the heat, you could wind up in that permanent seat. Yeah. So, I mean, we're just trying different people out and see what they're like. Um, but uh, tell the audience what it's like to be uh, Cody, my co-host, who I've known for 10-plus years, what it's like to be his brother-in-law. So I'll be frankly honest. Uh-huh. Let me go and pour another one. Yeah, fill it up. You're going to need it. Okay. Um, so it's like it's a blessing and a curse. Right. Because har- Cody has a heart of gold. He really does. And I love Cody. He does. Death. Great guy. But if you are a married man. Oh, he studies you. He does. And how to get you into good time mode. And he knows what he needs to do to get you there. That's right. And for for, for incidents, he he comes up and one night we're hanging out mm-hmm. and he knows I'm competitive. Very competitive. Right. And, I mean, it could be throwing a rock across the yard. I can throw a rock further than you. No, you can't. You probably can, but I'm going to tell you, you can't. Right. And he, he comes up to me. He's like, he hands me a handful of darts. 
and a bottle of some some clear devil. And he's like, lowest score takes a shot. I'm like. What's that clear I, devil he handed? Old, old vodka. I've wound up in many a ditch, dude, on Mr. Vodka. Yeah, he, so. is, he is a he is a friend and an enemy yeah. at the same time. He's a damn he's a damn scoundrel. That's what, what he, he is. is. He he's a he's a forked tongue devil. Is what it is. That's right. But he he comes up and he's like lowest score takes a shot, and I'm like, man, it's Sunday at six o'clock in the afternoon. I got to go to work tomorrow. He's like, if you can't do it, say you can't do it. I was like, give me them damn darts. <laughs> you said, let me go ahead and call in to yeah, work. I, I said, go, give me them darts and sit down. I'm about to show you what's up. Right. And about seven or eight games later, we, 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 I'm like, hey, man, this ain't good. I'm drunk. Uh, Thanks, I'm buddy. Up. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to work tomorrow at, at 8 a.m. And – you know, it's I'm on the struggle bus, and you're a real asshole for putting me here. Yeah, I don't appreciate oh, you, yeah. but you lost. So yeah. just take that out one good time. Yeah. And he's barely hanging on. But oh, jokes yeah. on you because he doesn't have to work on Monday. Exactly, exactly. And unbeknownst, so at the to end me, of the day, he won. He won. He yeah. won in every aspect. I could have beat him ten to one, and I still lost. That's right. <laughs> but and it, it really is. And you know, we've had a lot of good times hanging out, and you know, especially. Like on the river, like right. that's kind of like mine. Like I, I feel like that's mine. And his well, he thing. is the white trash Kenny Chesney. He I've been is. saying that for years. He, he really is. He's the trailer park shark that'll that's sneak right. up on you and mm-hmm. get you if you ain't watching. But um, a lot of good times on the river. But you know, it's uh, it's a blessing and a curse. I'll okay. just say that at the same time. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times we've been drinking on a Friday night. He's like, "You want to drive to Destin?" I was like, "Sure." When now? Right get now. in the truck. Get in the truck. It's like, are we are we serious right now? You know I have a wife and shit to do tomorrow. He's like, get in the truck or you're a pussy. And it's like, well, I, what are you gonna say? I mean, uh obviously not because I don't have to live with Cody and I have yep. to live with my wife. You think I'm getting in this truck and calling her from Evergreen, Alabama? Hey baby, we're halfway to Destiny. I don't know what to tell you. You think I'd live be in this nice house that I'm in right now if no. I do that? Hell no. No, you would No, you know what? I'd be in that spare bedroom in the single mm-hmm. wide and we'd be doing shows every other day yep. but you, you've yeah. been putting them out twice a week oh yeah we would have hella content by now if oh, i yeah. was doing that 100 percent. but yeah man i mean cody he's a great guy like you said love my guy love my co-host and wouldn't want to do this with anyone else oh, yeah. um old natty daddy yeah old natty daddy <laughs> still bald as hell he'll, he'll wear a jimmy buffett outfit in a heartbeat that that old it, fit ass earthworm yep. that i like to call him yeah But, yeah, man, so I was actually – where I got these crickets from was in Savannah. So Mm -hmm. on our way down there, we had to stop a six-hour drive, murder. Mm -hmm. I was telling you about the ligament pain that Cody (laughs) – see, Cody doesn't understand what it's like to be 280 on the hoof, you know what I mean, trying to shed these pounds. There's a lot of impact goes on these old knees. Is it struggle? Bro, it's tough. And then he was like – he's like, let's go ball, bro. You know how many days in my life, Alex, I balled, quote, unquote (laughs) – I've I mean, yet to see him. You yet I, to see him. <laughs> I give what people call a good effort. That's He's got right. that kid's got hustle. Appreciate you being here. Yeah, that's He's what I heart. give. That's what I get. <laughs> that guy runs up and down the court. That's what people say. Now he ain't got a lot of skill. He plays defense like a linebacker. Yep. Okay. He doesn't even know what a foul is in basketball. That doesn't even <laughs> enter into my vocabulary. Zach, like, you can't be picking people up on the basketball hey, court. I, <laughs> I play that prison basketball. If you yep. ain't bleeding. That wasn't a foul. You ain't trying. You're good. That's You're right. good. So, yeah, anyway, my knee's all jacked up, and we're stopping off in Macon. I'm not familiar with that side of Georgia. Usually I don't go past Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But, bro, we stopped off in Macon. For you guys that actually know what that place is like, it is sketchy as hell. I saw a toothless sorcerer outside <laughs> of the Waffle House, bro, drawing up spells in the sky. All right, now, he might have been on that crack cocaine, though. But, oh, yeah. oh, he was definitely in another dimension. What color was a trench coat? He, he he was, you know, he was out there. He was there. He wasn't wearing a trench coat. Was no, he? he had them old yellow Crocs on, you know. That's out how there. you know you're I had some danger. raggedy jean shorts and a, <laughs> and a Dale Earnhardt shirt from 95. So. Yeah, you're in danger in that situation. It was danger, bro. It was <laughs> danger. Kay's like, let's go stop and eat in this wall house. And he's like, woman, are you out of your damn mind? Do you have no situational awareness? 
Do you know where we are? We're basically in the bad part of Birmingham, but the bad part of Birmingham is everywhere. Yeah, you It's it. fucking everywhere. And the problem is I didn't even bring my pistol. Not one time. And I was like, we are just riding by the seat of my pants. I got my baton, my collapsible baton from my old days of bodyguarding. <laughs> in the thing, I was like, I'm going to have to beat someone to death if someone makes a move. You're going to have to square up. It, it would have been a bad deal, Alex. <laughs> I will tell you that. It was scary as hell, okay? Yep. And we finally do decide to sit down in this Waffle House, okay? And I'm on guard. I'm sketched out. Sketched out. This dude comes in. He's got this perm like he likes it. All right. I mean, he's killing the game, bro. Got that nice, greasy perm. It's all shining in that. Well, I think Alan Jackson was on the on the jukebox. They were scrambling, covered, smothered all over the place. And all this man wanted was a fucking waffle. That's my one. He was literally, he just kept screaming, I want a damn waffle. Somebody I want it, it now and give it to me now. Yep. And as soon as he got that waffle, Alex, all he could talk about was that waffle. He said, I love this waffle. It's the best thing This is ever. the best waffle <laughs> I've ever had. I was like, sir, have you ever been anywhere but a waffle house? Yeah, you're in America's food chain, and you're you just now acting like you experienced that for the, the first time. the fucking waffle house. This is my second <laughs> one. But you're at the place where they're supposed to make the waffles. But anyway, I was, I was on guard. I was freaked out the whole time. I, sure, I did. I play another... You know, George Strait song on the jukebox. I did. You don't, then, you don't have a choice. You got to. You got to. You got to know when you walk through them old, that, that sign in the sky late at night, when you walk through those <laughs> doors, anything can fucking happen. That's right. You can see anything from a, a Grammy-winning country singer to your lowest vagrant. <laughs> the scale really goes from either way. So the question is, is, you know, the rumor has it that the amount of teardrops on your cook's face determines on how good that smothered biscuit platter is oh that's a yelp review dog it's got to that's be. definitely like the five stars oh yeah how many teardrops you got that's what it is how many people you got back there in the degreaser <laughs> that you're degreasing you know that's what i'm right. saying i mean you got in the freezer yeah but uh yeah man it was it was scary as hell okay and i'm glad we made it back savannah's <laughs> absolutely beautiful worth the trip shout out to the people that put us up i'm sure you're listening and we appreciate the hell of y'all it was a great time you definitely showed us a beautiful city but macon i would suggest you getting gas before entering macon georgia because it can get hairy <laughs> see it from afar or ho- make sure your concealed carry license oh yeah i mean stay strapped is Keep ready. That thing on so yeah guys so Anyway, man, before we get any further, we're going to pay a little bill, so I'm going to let that fade on in. Hey, guys, have you ever heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, which is awesome. There's creative tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast so it can be heard at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listeners, which is awesome for if you're getting started. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hell of a hell of an intro right there. Gotta love you sponsors. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know that ad read came in hot. That's man. right. The best podcast on on the face of the earth. Oh, you making fun of my drunk talks? No, my drunk ad read. No, hey, it's solid. It's solid. Well, I'm glad you approved, Lieutenant Dan. Hey, I'm always here for the critics. Okay. <laughs> so uh, on to the next subject, man. You know, given you know you're a, you're a dad of two, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm about to have my baby girl, and we're hoping for weeks. We hope she sticks to the due date, but it could be any fucking day now. Right, right. That's my third mama. But uh, <laughs> yeah, man. So I wanted to, you know, since I had you in, just mm-hmm. kind of go to that whole dad advice, and we're just gonna get into that. Yeah. Um. The main thing that I can tell you. Mm-hmm. Get ready to be tired. Because you're going to be tired. See, that's what I've heard, too. But I work security and bodyguard at night, and I went to school during the day. So you right. just sleep when you can. Yeah, that's With that right. whole thing, my my biggest fear is my wife, because I don't know if she's about that life. Yeah. that like, I can tell you if you've had some experience with dealing with the just working at night, getting up, doing your thing. Right. You do, you'll do a lot better than me, because like I'm, I'm used to that solid eight. Right. I need that solid eight at night to be hitting on all cylinders. Right. 
Um, but being tired is one of the biggest things and keeping your head clear and making sure you leave home at home and work at work. And, but I can tell you, you'll be the, the coolest thing that I, that I realized when it comes to dealing with a baby is you're like, okay, the day you get married, you're like, you know what? I'd peel a wig for this lady. This is my girl. This That's is awesome. This is something like I'll I'll go down swinging. I'll be I'll be laying on a pile of brass for my lady. Right. But whenever you have a kid in general, it's, and it's gonna hit you harder than it it probably hit me with both of my kids is it's a little baby girl. Right. And everybody knows the stereotypical gonna have the baby girl around your finger and everything. I and, know too many good old boys with that can oh, shoot yeah. hella too good. Well, oh, yeah. I plan on being fully tatted up, sleeved yep. up, and we're gonna go have a meeting in the garage with That's the first right. one that comes up That's and right. like anything you do to her, <laughs> I'm gonna do to you. <laughs> Just go ahead and keep that in your mind. Tenfold. Tenfold. Okay, we're gonna figure that out. Yeah. And the the day that she comes, you're gonna be like, you know what? I love my wife. That's right. But I'd pick her up and dodge bullets with her to keep this baby girl safe. That's right, man. And it's, it's, it's crazy because you're like, you know what? Like, I've never been in that situation of I've got my kids and I'm about to throw it all out there to keep my kids safe. Right. I mean, even driving down the road, somebody pulls up in front of you, the first thing you're going to say, don't they know I got a baby in the car? You right. crazy fool. Right. But, you know, just where your head goes when a kid gets on earth and it's yours and yeah. it's yours to own and take care of. You're like, I would, I would skin somebody back That's what in, in the front yard and not think twice about it for these in, human beings. Right. In the last episode, Cody was like, what are you most excited about? Or what are you most scared of? Mm-hmm. And I was like, keeping them alive. Yes. Like that's my number yes. one priority is just like, <laughs> I am terrified, bro. Yeah. I'm straight terrified. That, that dude like, said so, food and water. You food, just got to feed it I water. Was, <laughs> you have no perspective on anything. Okay, bro. You have nothing. Yeah. You, I've never seen you even take care of a plant. No. You got a three-legged dog. I'm sure that dog started with four. Right. Gizmo, all he goes out is for cool cigarettes and That's some right. malt liquor. Gizmo don't know a shit about nothing. No, it's a completely different level. You talking about peewee football to NFL football. Right, right. But I would say that right there. And, you know, what's crazy is what hit me hard was what you're willing to to do for a kid or right. just even, and, and it'll hit you where, you, you know, like obviously you're married and it hits you whenever you get married. It's like, you know what? Like I'm a human being that knows how to operate firearms and has to, how to operate different weapons and stuff. And uh, the willingness that you come in contact with yourself of being like, you know what? Like I would do whatever I had to, right. to protect my family, okay. you know, like failure is not an option kind right. of thing. And, so you enter into that ultimate protector mode when you oh, have yeah. a kid. Your brain takes a switch. Right. It, it really does. And it's a good thing. It's, it's nature, you know, just like the same reason you take a, a mama squirrel mm-hmm. with a pack of baby squirrels, that mama squirrel is going to turn into a daggum crazy coyote if you right. grab her and her babies are in there. That's right. You know, and it's a natural thing to do. And it's good to know that that's where your brain is, that, you know what, there is no line when it comes to family safety. Right. And being there for you for your people. That's you right. Know? Well, I'm going to – you keep the guest entertained. I'm going to go get us some more uh, beers. Roger that. old cold snacks. Roger that. We can always go with a good cold snack. But one of the coolest things that, that I've seen with coming with a kid is how interactive you want to be with a child. And, you know, you see people before they have kids, they're like, you know what, I, I just really – I'm not into the whole driving the minivan and – going to the baseball games, I'd rather be on the lake or I'd rather be with my buddies and everything. And coming in with with that aspect of, you know what, it, it, changes, it changes what you see as far as entertainment and what you enjoy um, and just how involved you want to be with, like how much fun you get out of being at the ballpark on a Sunday afternoon. Could you be riding on a pontoon boat down Lay Lake? Mm. enjoying some of them cold snacks yes you could hell yeah but you get fired up just as much when your four-year-old cracks a t-ball off the tee i mean you don't think you watched barry bond send one across the top stands on the other end of the field you know right it's crazy how you're like before 
no, nah, man, I, I, that ain't my scene. I, I, I'm not worried about that. Right. Then you get involved and you see, that's why you see all these parents are like, man, I love lacrosse. Man, I love soccer. <laughs> that's why I told, like, they're like, are you going to let Raylan dance or cheer? I'm like, yeah, she wants to do that, but I'm mm. going to get her in that jujitsu. Son. That's right. We're going to be in the MMA gym. Yep. Get her ready to tear yeah. her head hey, off. Hey, you better watch out there, young fella, because she yep. put that old Camor, that old, you know, oh, that, yeah. that strong leather scarf on Hit you. that choke that on you. Hit you with that scarf. anaconda. Yeah, you ain't ready for that. So mm. she's going to be in that Ronda Rousey and folks. Yeah, and and it's really fun seeing, seeing kids make that mental progression of, you know, going from toddler to young kid to a little bit older kid. Right. And, you know, you hear they say things that just throws you off, you know. Like my son, uh, my oldest son, he's uh, six, about to turn seven. Okay. And he is fired up about some MMA. Like, really? Yes, dude. Like he, we got the the uh, deal where you can watch the fight nights for free on mm-hmm. Saturday. And if there's not one on, he's like, well, I know there's an old one on there that we can watch. Let's watch some reruns of it or something like that. And he just wants to, he just loves it. Like, like I didn't think he would. I mean, he's tied okay. up. It's, it's, and seeing him. You getting, you're going to get him involved in any martial arts or anything like that? Oh, yeah. No doubt. It And kind of making the decision which way to go with that. Right. Probably the easiest would be like a karate or maybe kickboxing. Right. Something like that. There's I, I would do something like that, but I was—I actually took karate in my younger years. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, if you're trying to look for those early disciplines as far as being disciplined, mm-hmm. you know, knowing that you carry a certain skill, that you should use it wisely, those are perfect for it. Right. But as far as amicably, like reliably defending yourself, mm-hmm. I might look for a different discipline. Right. Because some of, it, some of it's good, but some of it is just kind of for competition. Right. So I might look for something that's actually transferable, like a jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. or more MMA style, you know, that kind of right. deal. That you carry on and you have a skill for life as far as defending yourself. Because some of that karate stuff can get a little hokey, mm-hmm. taekwondo. It's like some of that stuff may not work. Yeah, especially if you got someone that's like, I get in fights all the time, bro. You're not scared <laughs> of me. Like, I'm not scared of right. you. You know, I mean, people I've thrown down on in the trailer right. park. I ain't scared of you breaking a, a two right. by four. That's that don't right. mean nothing to me. <laughs> that's right. That old particle board. You just want another yeah. belt on. They ain't doing nothing for no. me, dog. And it's cool, like, recently how public as a whole has recognized, like, karate's cool, and it's good, and it's yeah. usable in some aspects, but they know that the more usable things, that's why you see more, like, jujitsu gyms coming open and places that do Muay Thai, mixed martial arts in general, kickboxing as an exercise. Right. I mean, you you take somebody that has had six months of experience in jujitsu, kickboxing, you know, MMA in general, and you put them up against just good time Johnny at the bar that just wants to. Oh, they're gonna know, jack them up. They're gonna tune them up like yeah. in a way that they'll get a special card that says your hands are, are, right. are, 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 a, are a weapon, you know. Yeah. And it's cool to see that adaptation coming from general people. And I think the biggest thing, especially with young boys, because they're, I, I can remember me being a young guy, you know, mm-hmm. being really insecure and being. Practicing a discipline like that really gives you a lot of self-confidence. Oh, yeah. That sometimes, you know, sports, you know, that will, that's where you tap into that and that's where you gain a lot of that self-confidence right. in yourself and in your abilities. And I think the sooner you can expo- expose your child to that, I think is a positive thing. Mm. And I, that's one of, like, the two main things, if I can give her co- confidence in herself oh, yeah. and her abilities – and also discipline. That's the best gifts you can give to your kid. Hundred percent. So yeah, and 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 I and I, I kind of, you know, I, I'm on that same page of growing up not having that confidence. Right. You know, having that real hard insecurity. Of, same. Can I hold my own? Right. Am I really the dog on the bottom of the food chain? Right. You know, it's like knowing that you can handle yourself. You right. know, there's been a lot of people like, oh, you put your kids in MMA or you put your kids in some kind of training. It, well, you're just gonna. Teach them, teach them to run around and be knocking heads around, and that's not the case. They're missing the point. No, and and a good gym, and that can can that come from a bad gym? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. But you find a good gym and you do your research, and say, you know, you're going to teach them like you said, discipline, confidence, physical capabilities are important to take care of your body, right, going forward. And, and that simple confidence that I can do this, I can handle this. It, I've noticed that it helps put more effort 
into what they're doing. They're confident in it. You have somebody that's not confident in their skills. Well, you know, I could do this, but I'm not sure if I'm going to do it, so what's the point of the, the letdown? Right. You know, I'm not saying blow their head up and make them walk around like, you know, Joe Schmo that's on the football team that thinks he can take on the world one helmet at a time. Right. But giving them that confidence in themselves to say, hey, put your mind to it. It's yeah. okay to fail. Learn from that failure. Learn from your success, but don't let it take you somewhere you shouldn't be. For sure, and I think that's what martial arts does for a lot of these kids because, you know – in your conventional sports like t-ball or baseball, football, mm-hmm. they're all getting those participation, but they're not giving belts out just because you're showing up. No. Like, you have to master the skills, and that kids are learning from an early age that you earn what you get. Right. And I think that's important because I grew up in the area, and I know you did too, where all we had to do was show up to all the games and all the practices. We're getting mm-hmm. that trophy at the end of the year. I've got – freaking boxes full of trophies yeah. that don't mean shit to me. Yeah, thank you thank I, you for being yeah. here kind of But thing. yeah, <laughs> that whole deal and you know that's not really the same message I want to send to my daughter. Right. I want her to understand, you know, you get rewarded for the effort you put in. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't show up that day, do you really deserve that? Right. And I don't I think that's jacked up our generation. Mm-hmm. That whole you just got to show up and this is your owed this. I think you see in the workforce. I see a lot of people coming in the workforce, you know, I'm 5 years in. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of these people come in, they're like I deserve to get this $60,000, right. you know, salary. I deserve this. I don't know why you're treating me like I'm the low man tone pole. I went to college. It's like First of all, your college education really don't give a fuck about that. That's yeah. my fourth, mama, but it's important. <laughs> you know, hit that tip mark. Yeah, <laughs> let's go ahead and do that. But uh, yeah, man, it's, it's. I think it's super important to make sure that your kids are understand the differences between what you've earned and these whole. I'm going to give you a participation trophy because it don't right. mean shit. Yeah. At the end of the day, I would hate for my kid to just be, she be out there in left field, just not even paying attention. I'm like, mm-hmm. don't give that. Don't give her a trophy. No. Don't do that. Not at all. It just it, it reinforces bad habits. Yeah. And I think that's the worst thing. That's something my dad didn't really instill. He was just glad that I was involved in stuff. Right. And But he didn't really focus in on the quality. Mm. And I know that it didn't really drive me until I was later on in life when his passing kind of you know, brought that to light when mm-hmm. I'm sitting there on the steps of the church and I'm like, we just put him in the ground right. and I'm like, man, I don't, I really don't know a lot of shit. Yeah. I don't know nothing, man. Right. Like, I don't know how to frame up a house. I don't know any of this woodworking <laughs> yeah. shit. If the sink breaks, we're going to be looking at YouTube. I don't know. I'm not yeah. ready for this shit. And that, it hit me like a ton of bricks, bro. Cause I'm like, man, I wasted all that energy mm-hmm. they tried to put out talk about one of the most brilliant men I've ever met. Mm-hmm. And I just brushed him to the side because I didn't have the patience to actually learn from him. Right. And it's by far one of my biggest regrets I've got in my life is just brushing that knowledge off and not carrying it on to my kids right. and myself. Because sometimes, bro, when this old fixer-upper, because you know I made <laughs> Joe in the game. That's she, right. When she had a break, you were like, oh, it looks like – farmhouse modern in here i'm like yeah that's definitely the vibe we're going for oh, yeah. Uh, but uh yeah <laughs> but yeah when shit breaks around here bro i'm like oh this could be tough oh yeah and i grew up in a house that was constantly under renovation and you know my parents are just doing the best they could man and some of the times it's just like anxiety driven it's like that look mm-hmm. or that old man seeing the choppers in vietnam <laughs> having flashbacks to shit when yeah. she's like I got an idea. That's the worst two oh, words. Yeah. Maybe maybe we should whitewash this wall, or maybe oh, we God. should try some pallet wood wall. Hey, like, can we go ahead and uh, <laughs> knock out this wall? And is it a supporting beam? I'm like, lady, I don't know. I don't know. Pick it up and see if you fall. <laughs> I don't know my ass from a hole in the ground when we're talking about structural integrity. Okay, yeah. Katie? Yeah, I don't know. I just yeah. I can't figure that out. But a lot of stuff, man. He was from that old school generation, just diving into books, super researching, and I never had the patience for it. Yeah. And I tell you, you know, I know that you recently lost your dad. We spoke mm-hmm. about it right. on the previous episode. Sorry for being as shit-faced as it was because it was a <laughs> super deep episode. But I'm glad that you got value out of it, bro. And yeah, I'm glad that did. you were able to get something out of it and feel the love we were sending your way. And that's another reason why we wanted to have you on 
Right. Just because, you know, we thought you'd have good stuff to bring on to this. And, right. you know, especially in a week where Cody wasn't able to be here mm-hmm. and we could sit across the table from each other with those shared experiences and kind of bounce stuff off. You know, how are you doing, man? You know, right. this whole process, I've been through it. Mm-hmm. It was rough as hell for me. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, you know, kind of tell people what who may be also going through this, man, who may – it may have happened a couple of years ago. They lost a loved one, the rock in their life. Um, that whole development on how to work through that. Right. So the main, and to, to bounce off of what you said, you know, you've got your, you've got your, I guess your life lessons that you'll never forget. They'll, they'll be bouncing around in your head like a racquetball. And sometimes they'll drive you crazy. And sometimes you'll put them to such good use. It'll, it'll throw you off guard of how well you put that into play. And one of the biggest things that I took away from my dad was find a way. It wasn't like, cause my dad was not like, we weren't out in the shop beaten on nails and two by fours building what we wanted from scratch like closest thing we had to that was like building shooting houses out of pvc pot and somebody's political signs that's right that's right but you know finding a way and i i really pulled that out of like like you said I'm, i'm a big outdoorsman and where he really poured that into me was was in the woods and some people may look at that and go you know what all that is is sitting in the woods climbing up a tree and shooting some animal but you take it to the serious level and give it the respect that it deserves of whether it be deer hunting, whether it be building a house, whether it be your job, what can you do to do it to your best ability? Right. Find a way to do it and to do it right. Right. And to do it right the first time. Now, if you fail, it's okay as long as you learn from it. Failure means nothing if you don't learn from it. Right. And taking all the things that happened to you and and using those little bad pieces to pull out of the picture that you're making to make a good picture. Right. You know what I mean? And I know that's real, like, you know, kind of outlandish and, you know, whatever you want to call it. Like, I'm not trying to be Socrates or something like that, you know. But at the end of the day, it's about giving the effort and and knowing – you need to find a way to handle your stuff. And another thing is, you know, actually at the graveside, we weren't allowed to have an in, in ser- like actually in an enclosed area service because of the COVID-19. Right, that COVID-19 running rampant. But we're getting get under control. Yeah, we're we getting there. We're getting there. We're throwing out some vaccines here and there and getting some people, you know, I don't know, staying away from each other. Right. We don't know what to believe or what Who not knows? to believe. Who knows? Once that son bitch was like, hey, y'all need to wear masks, and she's like, nah, you don't. And it's like, you lied. Yeah. So I'm going to do my thing. Yeah, I just oh, gonna Mr. Do Fauci. That's right. That's don't right. tell me what to do no more. But um, the biggest thing out of the graveside that we pulled was, or that I pulled for myself to just kind of a little tidbit in the back of my head was living a life worthy of the legacy of that person. And that sounds really over the top because some people are like, hey, you know, my dad, you know, he meant a lot to me, but he don't mean a lot to a lot of other people or he didn't, you know, nobody knew this, that, or whatever. But what matters is what it matters to you. Right. And so knowing that every day you have that person that's no longer in your life. Agreed. And there's nothing there's nothing you can do to change that. Yeah. And, you know, you hear all these people, well, he's always going to be with you or that person's always with you. They're there in your spirit. And and I, I get that to a certain point, but what I've actually found is that what they mean by that, they don't know what they mean. Right. What they mean is whenever you step up to a problem and that problem is sitting in front of you, you're sitting there going, what am I going to do? You know, here's this situation. Where am I going to go? Do I do, do I go left, right, forward, back? What do I do? Hearing that voice in the back of your head, whenever you've been in this situation, you picked up that phone and said, hey, shit's hitting the fan. Right. And I'm struggling. I don't right. know which way I need to go. And you hear those words bounce off the back of your head of, hey, chill out, take a step back, breathe, make a, make a decision. Because you've sure. got to go somewhere from here. You can't just sit there. If you right. sit there, you're not going to fix that problem. Exactly. And that's, and I feel like a lot of people feel like that loneliness because mm-hmm. they don't physically feel that typical Hollywood, the wind blowing in their face, hearing somebody's words whispering in their ear. That's not real. Right. What's real is hearing the lessons and what you have learned of, you know your dad handled his business when he had to. He may not have taught you how to hammer a nail through a piece of wood to make a project at the end of it, but yeah. what you did do 
was you said, somebody knows how to do this, and he would want me to get it handled. So I'm going to get it handled. Right. And that's where I feel like I'm most in tune with what I picked up from my dad. Yeah. You know, and just, and for people in general that have that person there that was a guide for them early in their life or even midway through their life coming to new problems that they're not used to having is they look to that person for guidance. You're not going to forget those lessons. Right. You can always implement those lessons in some way. You just have to know that you have to keep your head squared away to put them into action. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I texted you early on when this whole thing went happened because I kind of knew what you were going through and I knew the mess that I was when my dad passed and it right. kind of tore me up real bad. I, I had my bouts with, you know, the old whiskey bottle and, you know, dealing with my inner thoughts. You know, I've dealt with a lot of people don't understand or don't know even, right. but I've had my bouts with depression and things like that and it really, you know, reared its ugly head during that whole thing. And uh, just dealing with uh, your best friend, mm-hmm. like you said, man. Oh, yeah, 100%. Being gone and, you know, your rocks. The guy that you're always in a jam, who am I going to hit up? Mm-hmm. Of course, it's going to be my dad. Right. And just figure all that stuff out, your guiding light. And when that's gone, it's a, it's a super realizing event where it's like, I'm my own man. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're a, you're, you know, you're a son to a father right. and that guiding light's no longer there. You're like, I, I'm my own man. I've got to find my way in this world, especially if you have a family, a wife and a child that rely on you. And I think it's super important to just grab the bull by its horns. And, you know, you're not going to be perfect in anything you do, you know, but you need to be there. Right. And so I've seen so many people just get sucked up and just jostled about by the waves of emotion, mm-hmm. the way just getting swept up by the current of the now instead right. of taking yourself out of it and of the emotional state of how you're making decisions and how you're living your old daily life and looking at it and, you know, with a different perspective right. that's going to actually cultivate something positive as opposed to negative. Cause like I said, man, early on, man, I, I relied on the whiskey bottle. I was doing other stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, didn't really care. And I was caught up in my own, you know, pity party for so long. Right. And I, I just reached out to you. I was like, make sure you have an outlet for this, bro, because it's powerful. It's right. it's a powerful sadness. It's a lot of anger coming out. Mm-hmm. And my situation was obviously different than yours. You know, my dad had his demons. And, you know, we were dealing with that while he was alive. But also, you know, just trying to figure all that out. But seeing it was preventable, but he got taken away too soon or unexpectedly, I should say. And just knowing that uh, I had to kind of figure that out by myself. There was no preparation time. Well, obviously the same thing happened with you. Right. But it was just, it was a whirlwind, man. And that's why I wanted to reiterate, you know, I I looked to running. Mm -hmm. I ran to my felt like my feet were going to fall off because that's the only way I could channel the pain and the anger Mm -hmm. and the sadness. And I think that's a positive way, you know, look into working out, whether it's, you know, like you said, pouring into that job or pouring into your family instead of looking for those easy vices that kind of numb the pain and give you an escape. When people be like, Zach, why are you drinking so much? Or why are you doing this? I'm like, man, it's, it's the cheapest vacation you can go on. Right. I can just check out of my life and I ain't got to worry about this shit. But sometimes, you know, that, that just prolongs the problem instead of actually dealing with it. Right. You're going to, it's going to find you regardless. And that's, that's one thing that I've noticed in, in listening to the, to the other podcasts that I do is, you know, you even talk about somebody that comes back from war, you know, and I'm no, in no way trying to compare losing a loved one to war. But what you do is you realize that you now have jobs that, you never expected to have. Right. You know, you talk about, like like I'm sure you saw with a family member leaving a big part of your family in some places that was the glue that held it together. That's now on you. Right. And, and you can do one or two things. You can let it engulf you. You can become stagnant. And just like water, you become stagnant. You become nasty and, and filled with bacteria and negative things, and you're useless. But you go and you take that stuff head on and realize this is my job. And if that person was still here, what would they what would they tell me to do? Hey, 
get off your rear end and get going and move forward right. and know that you have a job that you have to do, whether it's taking care of those, like in, you know, losing a, a dad or a parent in general, you, some people still have their grandparents that that's going to leave, whether it's your mom passing away or your dad passing away, that's going to leave you with either a widow or a dad that doesn't have, you know, his wife anymore. You have to step in and help take some of that pressure and, it's not easy because you're going to have to do things that you would never expect to do. Like exactly. dealing with somebody calling you saying, Hey, here's the situation. What should I do? And you're like, Oh my gosh, this person's never called me and asked me right. for any kind of insight on what I would think. Right. But that's the position you're in and you can take that, but it's a blessing. It really is. Yeah. Cause I mean, you're like, it's an opportunity to grow. It is. And just like saying earlier, if you don't learn from those things, it doesn't mean anything to you. It doesn't mean anything to the people that you could pass it on to. But you sit there and you say, okay, I've got this whole plate full of stuff that I'm not used to dealing with. In, in the instance of me losing my dad, you know, helping separate the technicals and the financials and stuff like that and hearing and picking up on things before other people will. You know, like they say that the phone calls stop coming. Right. That's the biggest thing. They're like, one day the phone's calls going to start coming. The phone's going to quit going off for right. two weeks straight. Hey, man, thinking about you. Hey, man, praying for you. Hey, man, let me know if you need anything. People you're going to meet that are like, oh, you know, that person meant a whole lot to me too, but I didn't really know you. Well, now you've got that on your plate to be that person for people that that person was, right. if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think that's a lot of people don't really address that because it, I felt kind of selfish when I went through it with mine because in a weird way it felt good. Right. You know what I mean? You, you kind of feel that glow around you like people are actually thinking about you. Right. They care. And you feel that from folks. But when that stops, you're like, what happened? Right. Oh, so this is on me to kind of live this life and kind of yeah. pick up the pieces. And, you know, a lot of people don't address that. And yeah. they're like, you know, I get this love from people, but then it goes away. And how do I, how am I in my darkest moments? How am I when I'm by myself? Right. And, you know, that's why I wanted to, you know, pour out my love to you, man. Because yeah. I know those, that time goes, and uh, it's hard to deal with. Right. And as if you don't have that strong support system, which obviously you do, you know, you're speaking well on it. Like I said, I'm not with you in your darkest times when you're by yourself, but the way you're conversating, the way you've held yourself together and portrayed the values that your dad gave you, you know, I think he... He did a hell of a job. I appreciate that. And, you know, not going too deep on it, you know, my dad was one of those people that lived a very, I don't, I don't want to say miserable, because miserable is, is, you can be miserable in the perfect situation. Right. You know, but it's more of the punches kept coming situation and was kind of like that reflection for me of, you know, I get, I get aggravated with things at my job. You know, everybody does. Right. But the things that came and landed on his plate involuntarily that he willingly stepped up on, on the podium and said, I got it. Yeah. I got this. I got you. I got this situation and continued until the day that he left was handling it how he needed to, regardless of what other people said, regardless of other people's actions. At the end of the day, he did what needed to be done. And for me that says, Hey, you can get mad. You can get angry. You can get upset. You still have a job to do. It will not go away. If right. it does, you're done. You know what I'm saying? And right. black, black and white, you give up, you're done. You're not going to succeed in anything. You're going to become stagnant. And that's whenever you see people get into those dark scenarios of, I can't get out of this. This is my new world now. I'm not yeah. going to be able to make it through. But at the end of the day, you've got something to handle. You've got, For sure. you've got a goal, you know, and with that goal – you have something to accomplish, yeah. whether it's for you or for somebody else. And finding that goal, kind of going back to what I was saying about people that come back from war, the biggest struggle that they have is they were in just crazy scenarios all day long. Right. Now all of a sudden they come back and it's like drive your, your you know, Honda Accord down the road, get some milk, get some groceries, and exactly. then just come back home and then go get you a job down at the insurance place selling insurance. Right. You talking about fighting people on it's one a loss minute. of purpose almost. You're having to re-identify what you know kind of captured your identity for so many right. years, and you know when uh, that transfer of being a leader or a bystander or supporting role in a family 
to being the head. Right. Or being one of the main stalwarts of that family. And I can speak on that, you know, my mom listens to this. Right. But, you know, there's been times where she's asked me things that I wasn't ready for. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't have that information. I've always looked to you, right. you know, to know what's up with right. how to deal with certain situations. And now you're asking me because dad's not here. And it's hard for me sometimes to have the patience for that. You know, I love my mom to death, but sometimes it's like, I don't know. I don't, I mean, you're right. an adult too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wish I could tell yeah, you, but I, I don't I, have it black right, and white. Right. You know? I mean, I can just tell you what, how I would do it and just bounce ideas off you. But it's, it's a weird situation to be in. Right. When that parent goes and they leave someone behind and you're kind of helping, you know, get them through the same way they've always got you through. Right. You know, my mom's always been there for me and she's still, still to this day, she's a great woman. Um, but just trying to balance this whole thing out and make sure everybody's good as they go along, um, it can be tricky. Right. And sometimes you, you don't know the answer. But you just try and do the best you can in the way that you know how. Right. You keep moving forward. Right. And, and that's kind of like what I was saying with having a job. You you These jobs are laid out in front of you that you're not expecting. Right. But it gives you something to put your effort into. Exactly. And for that person that's like, well, I'm not going to go out and run because I'm upset. That's not for everybody. Right. But those jobs are there. You just have to make sure that you can find them. If you can find them and you're willing to put effort into them, it'll take that effort out of you, whether you want it to or not. And it's good, whether it takes it or you give it. As long as it's going somewhere, I think you're good. You're squared away. Exactly. And I I think that kind of goes back to the whole moving forward scenario of, yeah, this person is is gone. And I'm not, I'm going to dwell in a little bit because we're human beings. Right. We need to grieve. We, that's what we need to do. Right. And, you know, America as a whole doesn't really have a grieving protocol. Everybody always says, well, just do what you need to do. You go to some other country or some other place, most of the time you're going to see a legitimate protocol of these are the amount of days we're going to do this. This is the amount of time that we're going to do that. And it's like, okay, they've got the protocol. Here we don't have that. It's you tell us whenever you're ready. Right. You're never going to be ready. You're, right. you're always going to feel like you're in that moment. You're not looking forward because it's so intense. It's right there. And yeah. you're like, oh, my goodness, I'm never going to leave this moment. Exactly. But once you find those things that you can put that into, you'll be incredibly surprised at how good it is for the human body to do something like that. Yeah. Whether it's making phone calls to family, whether it's going and cleaning that house that nobody lives in anymore, or handling that dog that nobody wants to take care of, but it was their dog, so it needed to be taken care of. Right. That's your job. You've got to do that now. And whether it's uncomfortable or not, you know that person would want you to do what you had to to get the job done. Yeah, man. I think, you know, you said it best. It sounds like you got all your ducks in a row. You know, (laughs) you're channeling that energy the way it needs to be channeled and you know, you're not letting it affect you negatively. And if I just give any advice to go through this, you know, that would be my biggest one because you're going to be hit with a lot of energy, whether it be negative or positive is depending on how you're going to channel it. And if you let it sweep you up like the massive tidal wave that it is and sweep you toward a path of negativity and self-destructiveness, or Mm -hmm. are you going to use it as, you know, gas for your motor? Right. Are you going to power on and reach new heights that you didn't think you had the, you know, ambition to go for? You you didn't know you could even get there. Um, right. It's up to you at the end of the day and how you take in that information, how you deal with this process. Because at the end of the day, we're all going to die. Right. It's it's how you cope with that and how you process it. Right. That's going to make all the difference. And how you and how you impact other people. Right. You know, you have the ability to change somebody else's life for good, you know, and taking that effort that you know you have, you have that energy, whether people think, oh, I ain't got time for other people. Right. Something as simple as holding the dadgum door open. Yep. Or saying, hey, how you doing? You know, I mean, it's just incredible at what you can do with somebody's day, just simply looking at them, smiling and saying, hey, how you doing? You doing okay? And, And it's like to us, it's like, oh, that ain't nothing but a greeting. Some people are like, dang, that guy actually cares about 
how I'm feeling. You you couldn't imagine what that does for someone's day. You never know what people's situations are. Oh, I, yeah. You hear stories all the time. It's like I thought about taking my life or something until someone said something positive said, toward hey. me, yeah. which is just it shatters you. It's yeah. like holy shit, I didn't know I had that kind of impact. Yeah, and you turn someone's whole life around and you don't know. Right. And that's just us loving our neighbor. And I think, you know, when you talk about, you know, you guys do a great job and, you know, me doing, we're 13 episodes deep, bro. We're, right. we're trying our damn best, you know, yeah. to put out good content that's impactful to people or bring some levity. And, you know, those guys like having a good old time and, right. you know, they like talking and, shooting the shit, if you will, over a few cold snacks. Um, but, yeah, man, if we can do that for someone. When I when I talked to Cody about starting this thing, I was like, I want that to be our main goal. Right. You know, bring in people. Because if we could talk politics and gloom and doom and conspiracies and all that shit and really just bog people down with the same information they're getting bombarded with day after day, or we could actually bring some levity to people's lives and that bright spot that they may be looking for on Fridays and Mondays or Tuesdays this week. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> uh, but, but uh, you know, whenever it comes out, man, that's our goal. Right. We're, we're trying to bring that bright light to people, and you never know what that's going to impact people. Right. And that's what my main goal in starting this was. Yeah, and that's that's the cool thing is, like, you know, whenever you're in that situation, it gives you perspective. And, you know, it's like, you know, right now, one of the biggest things for me, I'm driving down the road and I feel like I could I could beat the fool out of somebody. I'm just angry or I'm super upset or I just – I'm so upset that I'm nauseous or just something. And it's like you look on the highway and you're like, oh, my goodness, there's thousands of people driving down the road. You think I'm the only person that's ever gone through this? Right. What if one of those people are going through that? That one person that cuts you off flying down the road, do you think they're just – well, that's, that guy's a jerk. He's just trying to get where he's going. Right. You know, I'm doing 86 down the road trying to meet somebody to be a part of the funeral procession to to get with my family and be a part of that escort to to bring my dad to where we're going to have his service. And I'm I'm hauling. I'm flying doing 87, 88 down the interstate, and somebody gets mad at me because I cut them off. And I'm sitting there going, they don't even know. They have no idea what I'm going through right, right. now. But how would you? And so it's – giving people the benefit of the doubt of you don't know what they're going through and also giving them the benefit of the doubt of, you know, you don't know what they're going through and they don't know what you're going through. And just understanding that it's it's okay for you to be. It's having that empathy for people. Right. Just understanding that there's always two sides. Right. And just giving people the benefit of the doubt where you can. For where sure. Where it's logical. Yeah. You know? And that was one thing that really stuck out to me going through the whole the whole ordeal with with losing my dad was you just don't ever know what people are going through. I mean, sure. people that reach out and they're like, "Oh my God, I thought he was so healthy. He was so in, you know." And it's like, well, you you didn't really know, you know. You, I mean, he had his own little situations, like you said, on demons and on health issues and different things like that. People that were way close enough to him that I would expect to know a lot more than they did. And going, okay, well. You really didn't know. And, you know, you don't know what argument that person had or what perspective that person had on him. At the end of the day, whenever somebody leaves your sight, you don't know what's going on in their life. Right. And there's no way to know unless they tell you. Nobody right. has a camera on you documenting everything in your life. You know, and I feel like that's where a lot of people get this entitlement of, well, I'm going through something, so I deserve special treatment. At the end of the day, that doesn't affect other people. Right. And, you know, you can't expect them to know unless you tell them. And you can't honestly expect them to care either because different people are built with different characters. For sure. And just making sure that you're squared away and doing what's right in your own eyes the best way you can and treating people the best way you can. And that's yeah. the most important thing, regardless of what you've gone through and regardless of what you're doing. So... Yeah, man. I mean, I think we touched on a lot of things. And, you know, if you're going through this, man, and you're going through a hard time in your life, you know, you're you're dealing with this, you lost a loved one, and you're, you don't know really how to process it, reach out to those ones that are closest to you that you feel comfortable with and you feel like you can trust on and, you know, will just lean on. Right. And if you can, if that's us, man, every every Monday and Friday, God bless you. Because right. I don't know what we're doing <laughs> to do that, but we appreciate you. 
uh, always, you know, just reach out. We we love you guys. You guys keep us going. And uh, you guys keep the fire under us. All the comments, all the rating reviews, you know, that's special to us. And uh, if you guys keep doing that, we're going to keep pouring these episodes out like we, like we got to. So uh, always, right. you know, rate, subscribe, review. That's right. You know, send that out. Pour the love. If, yeah, if you have something deeper to, you know, com- comment on or if you want to talk about something, always send us a DM over at that cold snack convos, one word, with an S. With an S. Yeah, with an S, baby, because people miss that apparently. That's Who right. knows why, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, Alex, it was a hell of an episode, bro. Yeah, it bro. was really special to me uh, for episode 13 for sure, and uh, this was awesome. Uh, my only hate is my co-host wasn't here to really impact, <laughs> right. but, uh, man, it was a great one. Well, but, I enjoyed it. Yeah, man, really we appreciate did. you coming on, man, and uh, stay tuned, guys. Like I said, rate, subscribe, review on iTunes or Spotify and get us in your daily rotation, man. We'd love to be there. You guys have a good one. We'll talk to you on episode 14.